wanted to get into this discussion because, you know, it has been, what, four, coming up to five years since cannabis was legalized in this country. It was October 17th, 2000. And 18, and we've certainly watched uh, the growth, the expansion of it across the country, certainly in uh, this province, in Edmonton. Uh, but there are some in the industry who are saying, well, there's actually a lot in the industry who are saying, you know, it can be expanded even more. And um, when you take a look at cannabis tourism, we've talked about that on this show before. What about cannabis cuisine? What does that look like? What does it mean? And, and how would that work if you were going to a restaurant, a cannabis cafe, and wanted to have a cheesecake that was made with cannabis, what does that mean for you? Let's find out more with Nathan Meissen, who is with Diplomat Consulting. He's been working towards this. Nathan, great to see you again. Great to see you again as well. Okay, so when we take a look at this, you, you still believe there's a there's a lot of room for growth when it comes mm -hmm. to the cannabis industry in this country and in this province. Absolutely. I think it's truly incredible how far we've come. As the first G7, first G20 nation in the world, um, I think there's some things to just a baseline understanding because people don't really talk about cannabis in the way that perhaps it should be. It's uh, now larger uh, economic contributor to the Canadian economy than the forestry industry. Mm. It employs double the people of dairy in the last four years. Um, 55 nations around the world have gone through cannabis legalization since we started and showed that it could be. And I think it's important to realize that a cannabis consumer is not what people think it is. The average age is 37. 29% of new cannabis consumers have a graduate degree. The fastest growing demographic in Canada is between the ages of 34 and 55. 51% are women. It, it's not what people think. And I think when you look at those statistics, that's an incredible market of people who like to eat out, mm -hmm. like to consume, like to see and try things in a different way. And we're thinking about alcohol in a different way. Well, why shouldn't we use cannabis as perhaps a different way? I was going to ask you about that, Nathan. Do you think that uh, the way that people think about alcohol, maybe saying, okay, you know what, we're hearing a lot about, mm -hmm. um, you know, well, we know the side effects, but also the latest numbers and the concerns about cancer causing and, and all sorts of uh, issues there, hepatitis. We've, we've certainly seen that over um, the pandemic. That people are saying, hey, you know what, I want to try something different. Yep. And that's why part of this, um, this growth in cannabis Cannabis is happening? Cannabis use is happening? Yeah, and, and, and what we're really excited about is non-combustion, right? Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about smoking yeah. a plant. We're talking about food and drink. We're talking about a mocktail that might have a cannabis isolate that you can't taste. Or it could be flour that has um, more flavonoids and terpenes in it than a glass of wine. And how can you put that into uh, foods in a different way? For example, we brought in some lovely <laughs> chips for you today to try that is uh, covered with non-decarboxylated cannabis from Aurora's actual uh, graybeard Afghani drifter. And the wonderful thing is it's non-psychoactive. So this is a product that in the future you could reach for a Sobe shelf. So these are the things that I don't think people realize as the opportunity that could be. I think that people, when they think about cannabis cu cuisine, they're thinking, okay, so if I'm going to go in um, and, and, and have something made with cannabis, mm -hmm. I'm going to have, um, I'm going to get high, I'm going to feel it. And, and that's not necessarily the case. Don't get me wrong, there's probably yep. that happening. But what you're talking about is using cannabis as flavor. Yep. 
Yep. Not as, um, when it comes to the Queen, not as inebriant. Well, and I think there's a little bit of both, right? Yeah. You know, uh, you said it perfectly before, is that we've seen that people aren't consuming alcohol mm-hmm. in the way they were. Um, COVID really had a significant change on consumer patterns, um, primarily driven in the young. You know, between 18 and 25, uh, alcohol sales are down by 30% in that demographic. That is not an insignificant amount. So utilizing um, cannabis in two forms, one uh, in an inebriant um, that you could put in a mocktail, Mm -hmm. but you can control the dosing Mm. to make it perfectly set for you through utilizing a powder like this where it diffuses in water or um, as flavorless, tasteless, so you Mm. can actually put it, and it'll hit you in a time between 8 and 12 minutes. So So it matches the alcohol absorption and hits you the same way. But to your point, and it's an incredible one, is... You know, we are launching a catering company right away called CBDCBN.ca, and we were lucky enough to have an incredible meal um, last week. And there was a brown butter gnocchi mm. where they took the. Um, um, my incredible uh, wife is the chef, <laughs> and I'm very spoiled, and uh, put um, the cannabis flour on the plate so that you dip the brown butter and the gnocchi, and it was purely for that taste on how it changed the dish. What an incredible opportunity to try new flavors and new things. Okay, first, you had me at brown butter because that's that's <laughs> one of my favorite all-time uh, flavors. But again, so you would, when you talk about the flour, you're talking about mm-hmm. the bud, you're talking yep. in, in, in sprinkling it on there. Yep. So, and it's important to remember, because I think there's some of us that think old school, maybe it's mm-hmm. a long time mm-hmm. since, you know, college, let's put it that way. Yep. But realizing that um, the cannabis flower, now the flower mm-hmm. now, comes in many different flavors. Oh, yeah. and 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 so being able to capitalize on that, as you said, it could be just like adding thyme or uh, tarragon to a dish. So... One of the things that's really interesting about uh, cannabis legalization is it's unlocked this new door of terpenes. So there's an incredible company called Flow Scientific. We brought some products here today that if you want to smell. And terpenes are pretty much essential oils. They're in everything. So when you have lemons, it has lemonine. So different flowers will have lemonine or caraphylene, which will be lemon and pepper. Well, what can you put that lemon and pepper in, into a dish, Mm. right? Um, This one right here, this Quest, um, is an incredible product. And what's neat about this one is it gets served with a miso honey Mm. with an Arctic char, Mm. you know, it, because it has those it's notes of citrus. Script. Yeah, it does. It has those notes of citrus. So this is a new way to look at a product. And considering there's so much flour on the market, there's another opportunity to actually create new funding and new opportunities for restaurateurs. So uh, Nathan Meissen joining me this afternoon from Diplomat Consulting and, uh, you know, talking about cannabis tourism, but cannabis, you know, food, using cannabis to um, to cook to cook with or Mm -hmm. to flavor your foods now i I guaranteed because i had a question how is it that it doesn't become an inebriant so flour is um and flour f-l-o-w-e-r bud so the bud the actual (laughs) plant itself the flower from the plant from the female plant um is only it, it without heat it's thca when you put heat to it, decarboxylating it, that's what it's called, it turns into THC. That is its inebriant quality. So it must be heated up to a flash point of 
temperature okay. to actually turn it on. Otherwise, it is a non-psychoactive. So you could put it in a variety of dishes and it would have no effect on you. What an incredible opportunity to take a very vitamin and nutrient-rich product and throw it in your smoothie, mm-hmm. right? Like there's all of those opportunities. Now, if you wanted to also have that inebriate yes. capability, you can do that. But what we're saying is there's probably a thousand different quality kinds of flour on the market. What and what an opportunity to think what it could be paired with. And considering 27% of the world's population want a cannabis experience when they travel, mm. if we could be 1% of that world population, Edmonton would be one of the busiest tourism places in the world. That would be pretty cool if we could have that happen. Okay, so what needs to be done to get to that point? Because there's got to be some rules put in place. There's got to be some, uh, you know, legislative type mm-hmm. changes. Let's find out about that. And I'm going to try one of those chips. Yes, we're talking about. Um, Cannabis restaurants, making food with cannabis, using that cannabis, using that flour from the you know, the bud to flavor. When you when you think about how many different flavors mm-hmm. of cannabis out there, you just kind of extend. You know, you you open up the world of what you're able to flavor how many it sounds like i just ate the wrong batch i'm trying to spit it out here but you know when you think about um the the world it opens on the different flavors it's quite incredible so when we um we wrote a two-page about what why we thought edmonton was well positioned Mm -hmm. to actually be a leader in this and and one of our statements that we put in there we're really proud of is cannabis tourism and hospitality is only limited by your own imagination Mm. because the 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 variety of opportunities is so profound like we're talking about cannabis culinary yeah but why can't i have a spa experience mm. why can't i go have a cannabis infused massage and mm. um, why can't i go instead of having eucalyptus why can't i have a cannabis drive terpene in a spa environment and then go have a mocktail on the patio overlooking the edmonton river mm-hmm. valley like these are the things where i think why we're calling it cannabis consumption sites and therapeutic use the opportunity is for us to define what could be and then figure out what works and what doesn't work i just tried uh, a couple of these chips they're spectacular they just taste like really great salty chips Mm -hmm. but on the very 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 back end you get that flavor which is is that flavor like it's interesting because you don't no, because it's so no. different, right? So yeah. it's like, I get something, but I don't know what that is. That's a really neat thing where yeah. we get to try new things with new flavors and experiences. It's not off-putting in no. any way whatsoever, and it doesn't have that... that that Skunkiness. That skunky smell flavor. You know mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about. I think which a lot of people really think about. Okay, so what needs to change to allow this to happen? I think we're getting... Closer and closer. So serendipity is an important thing. Sometimes when things fall into place, you got to take <laughs> advantage of it. So we believe there's quite a bit of room at a muni- or at a provincial and federal level to make something like this happen. Um, this is a federally approved product that is provincially distributed, but there's no zoning. Mm. There's no business license. You cannot have um, a rent a hall and do a green wedding. So we need a municipality to go first. And Edmonton started in December the city planning process where they wanted to future forward uh, our zoning um, 
uh, plan, the first time since 1959, and they said they wanted to make sure that people stopped coming to council and make sure it was malleable. So what we're asking City Council is, put cannabis consumption and therapeutic use inside that zoning process so that when the province and the feds say yay, you turn the switch right mm-hmm. away so that we can be the first jurisdiction. Get it done. We believe in June, which is the next opportunity to talk about the city plan, that there is enough council support to potentially include this as an opportunity. We're going to continue to talk to councillors about this, but that would mean that by December, when they vote on the city plan, Edmonton could be the first municipal zoned cannabis consumption and therapeutic site in the world. That is a pretty exciting thing to be able to say. And what an amazing opportunity to lead the world and have them look to see how we do it, but also invite people in to see how we do it. Yeah, something that'd be kind of one more thing to kind of hang your hat on. Like, what's Edmonton known for? Not just Festival City or whatever it is. I mean, the first to do something like this. Interesting, interesting. If people want to find out more, Nathan, mm-hmm. uh, about this, where where do you suggest they go? So, uh, diplomatconsulting.com. We have quite a bit of writing yep. on our Insight page, but we also have the catering company, cbdcbn.ca. Um, happy to have a conversation. And we know that's huge change requires lots of voices. Yeah. So we would love to have lots of conversations with people to make sure that we show them it's not what they think it is, but it's something that they can truly embrace. Well, just, you know, fascinating looking at this menu that was that was served up, you know, the potato chips, which I just tried, which was, you know, lovely roasted pear and fennel salad with apple mac. Uh, infused salad dressing with candied pecans. I mean, these are all flavored with uh, cannabis, grilled asparagus, and I could smell asparagus mm-hmm. in one of these um, with the, the terpenes that we had spent. So really, really interesting. I can't wait to see where this goes. Uh, Nathan, keep us up to date on everything, okay? Thank you very much for having us. Absolutely. Nathan Meissen joining me this afternoon from Diplomat Consulting. Cannabis, what are we calling it? Cannabis cuisine?